welcome to more to come pw comic world's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing recorded at the pw offices in new york city i'm calvin reed senior news editor of publishers weekly and co-editor of pw comics world check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics and i'm heidi mcdonald i'm the graphic novels review editor of publishers weekly as well as the editor-in-chief of the beat at comicsbeat.com and you can check us out on twitter at at pw comics world and I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right, this week on More to Come, uh, March Book 3 wins! That's the National Book Award we're talking about. Uh, we're going to look at Comic Arts Brooklyn uh, on the road with uh, some conventions coming up this weekend. And a post-election wrap-up and then the brief. So, March Book 3 wins! <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, finally! Fourth, so, ta- fourth uh, time the charm? The, uh, well, the, the, it was the fourth, well, it's the fourth nomination. Uh, yes, the fourth nomination. Uh, the first two were by the same artist. Uh, but it was this is the fourth nomination for the National Book Awards. Uh, the Premier American Literary uh, Prize... Or, uh, you know, for the, for those of you in the comics industry, it's the Eisner Awards of the, of the American book uh, publishing industry. But, um, uh, yes, it was really a, a, a terrific evening. Uh, yeah, comes but once a year. And I was there uh, along with uh, the March crew, uh, uh, Representative John Lewis, uh, Andrew Iden, his assistant and a co-writer, and Nate, Nate Powell, uh, the artist. And um, let's just say a whoop went up over <laughs> well, uh, Cipriani's uh, certainly fine and, and from the there was cheering in the press box because mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah if you've never been to the National Book Awards they basically have a bleacher like situation set up for the media in one corner and I was yelling my head off yeah um, so well Calvin you have uh, championed that project since it was first announced and you know right on through and uh, you know we talk about March so much on this podcast yeah. but on the other hand now it's a it's, huge hit. It's a huge hit, and now it's won a National Book Award, and yes. you know the the glass ceiling for graphic yes, novels yes, has yes, been yes. broken. Yeah, it's sort of the paper ceiling, I, yes. you might say. But yeah, absolutely. That one for March Book Three. Uh, it's also the only, you know, you can also say it's also the only uh, comics or graphic novel series that's won an Eisner and um, a National Book Award. They also, you know, did it in the same year. Although the Eisner that the um, March one was for Book Two. Yeah. Right. So um, well, I will say. That, uh, listeners, if you're wondering what our experience of it was, Heidi and I both got a text <laughs> last night out of the blue being like, March won the book award! And we were yeah. like, that's cool. And well, Calvin, I have to say, right up to speed with modern day social media, there was a PW uh, feed of interviews live on their Facebook page. Yes. You are right, Johnny, on the spot there. Well, there we, this is something we knew we tried this year. And actually, go to the P- Publishers Weekly Facebook page. And yeah, we tried. We did Facebook Live, uh, face, Facebook live streaming mm-hmm. um, uh, video. We used it to do live interviews. Right from the hall, um, they actually worked flawlessly. Except the issue of light is a bit of a problem. Yeah. But actually, the March crew, we got them there early, and they were actually in the best light of them all. So they're well lit, um, and they're great. It, they, we actually interviewed them just prior to before they won. But um, it was really, uh, just really thrilling. Uh, uh, Ted Adams was is this, there. Is this archived, Calvin? Uh, yes, people, it's on the Publishers Weekly Facebook page. You can still page. watch it now. Yeah, okay. you can still uh, watch it now. 
Uh, but anyway, Ted Adams was there. Uh, the whole crew, Chris Starros. Yes, of course, uh, who was the acquiring editor. Of yes, who yes, was acquiring editor. Before um, they were purchased by IDW. Absolutely. So a, a bunch of happy campers yeah. and now, Kevin, hugs all around. Do you think this was a win for the subject matter of March? Or do you think it really does mark a whole new level of maturity for you the know, graphic novel? I, I think it does. But I, um, I, I think I get your drift. Um, because we were talking about this before me and my uh, my uh, other PW colleague John Marr, who was there with me. Um, we were both saying that you know this might be just a perfect storm of things that yes. came all together. Uh, a high quality work, uh, by really one of the great American heroes of the modern world, uh, John Lewis. Um, uh, a really you know, grim political situation uh, in the country that <laughs> well, has connections to the subject well, matter in the book. You pointed out they only vote that day. So yeah. it wasn't like they voted, you know. No. It's not like in the Cy Young Award where they vote before the World Series. No, you know, no. Like, and then so they seal it away yeah, to be so open later. No, they were very well aware of what was going on in the world. Yes. And, so, uh, so, they, yeah, because yeah. the, the, the judges, uh, as I understand it, you know, they read through all the books and they go through months and months of emailed uh, discussions. They're, they may get together occasionally too. Uh, but they're all far flung, you know. But then they meet in uh, New York and um, on the day of the event, and then they go to lunch, and then they decide the winner. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so well, I, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'll say this: uh, no book is ever going to win the National Book Award that isn't supremely high quality. Yes. Uh, but all of the political and and subjective emotional stuff could have easily all come together yeah. to make this happen. But on the other hand, it's not like this is the only book about these topics or, you know, it's, it was the book about this kind of material that won because um, it's the best one currently out. Yeah. Well, well, there's you no know, doubt. Yeah. And you know, the last uh, graphic novel to be nominated was Roz Chass. Can't we talk about yeah. something more pleasant? And you know what? That's an, that was in the nonfiction category. Yes, that was a nonfiction. That mm-hmm. uh, was an amazing yeah. book mm-hmm. uh, of the highest quality. You yeah, know? absolutely. And uh, I mean, nobody is lowering the standards for for just because it's a comic, you know? And no, I don't not want, at all. And I want to point out, you know what? This is literally kind of like you said, the paper ceiling, you know? Because in kids' books, even the highest honors there, you know, like like a graphic novel's yet to win the Newbery Award, but it was yeah. a Newbery Honor book. Yeah. And there have been Caldecott yeah. Honor books. Exactly. And, uh, you know, every award that goes out to kids' books, graphic novels have been represented. Sure. So, um, you know, this is... But there's, there's, this there's is, still another paper ceiling, ah, and that's the fiction category, oh, and yeah. that oh, is yes. the primo. That's the last one that's given every every uh, awards um, ceremony. So that said, we're happy, we're excited, but there's still there's still more work to, to be done. There's, there's more, to more to come. There's more to come, and let me tell you, I you know I'm putting together the announcements uh, right now for for the spring books, and um, you know someday this is gonna. I feel that great that ceiling yes, will be I broken. Do and uh, you know, just to mention a book that's coming out next year that uh, oh, sneak preview. I shouldn't really say it, but you know what? You're listening, so thank you. And here's your treat. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's on the top ten, is uh, or should be maybe. Uh, you know, Jillian Tamaki's uh, all of her short stories are being collected in one book, and Whoa. you know she is really the she's amazing. Oh, you she's know? incredible! I mean, I think we talked about including Sex Coven. Is that yes? Be of in course, there? all of them. Oh. Yeah, all the ones that were online, and you know, we talked about yeah. Adrian Tomine and how great his book was. Yeah. Yes, and I mean, uh, there are so many yes. candidates out and, there that can and this you know do that. like there's it's not just like oh here's one book. There's going to be a whole shelf, and yeah. um, you know, the time is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And um, listeners, I mean, I know I'm preaching to converted here, but 
I mean, comics is truly a medium, not a message. And you can put anything in comics, including some amazing, amazing things. Um, and so you should keep tuning in if you're a new listener, because we will keep telling you about the newest, hottest things that have come across our desk that we love. Right. I, I think as Andrew uh, Iden, uh, one of the co-creators of March, as he was leaving the stage, uh, stage if, as I recall, he leaned into the microphone and said, I hope this puts an end to the prejudice against comics <laughs> forever. And he got a big round of applause, at least for me. Yeah. Well, that one person was applauding. And, you know, a shout out to uh, Representative Lewis, because one of the things he always says about the book is that he was out there, uh, you know, making trouble. But it was yeah. the good kind of trouble. And that's what he tells people to do, to make Absolutely. the good kind of trouble. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of that in yeah, the near there's future. Gonna there's going to be a lot of people and, making the good kind of trouble. And, yeah. you know, probably Representative Lewis will be one of yes, them. Yes, he will. Yeah. He definitely will. Yeah. 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 All right. So congratulations to uh, uh, John Lewis, uh, Andrew Iden, um, Nate Powell, and all of the supporters there, the support staff at uh, Top Shelf IDW. Yeah. Um, a win yes. for us. So, Comic Arts Brooklyn. Yes. Um, but the on again, off again, on again <laughs> uh, indie comic show. Um, uh, what was that? Two weeks ago? Yeah. Two weeks, two weeks yeah, uh, ago. Uh, hap- last happy day of my life. Uh, that was a great yeah, day that's when true. there was hope that's in true. the world. Uh, a little smaller, but uh, really, it's still packed with great comics you know, and, and bustling. It, it was. And uh, they didn't do a second day of programming. And it was sort of a little last moment. And there was two other shows the same weekend, which had chosen that yeah. weekend because they thought there wasn't going to be a Comic Arts Brooklyn because it got announced so late. So, uh and so you let know that what? be a it's lesson still... to all of you. Announce your show early. Well, the thing is that the uh, that the organizer, Gabe Fowler, uh, wasn't sure he was going to do the show. Because hmm. he does it kind of all himself. And it's Which a is thing. amazing. Maybe he should have scheduled big... it later. Well... You know, you should go tell Gabe that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it, you know, be real. Listen, there's a weekend issue that's going yes. on. There, there's just ain't that there's many not weekends. Enough times. There's you not know? enough times. And, you know, look, Miami's coming up this weekend. There's going to be a lot of comics people down there for that. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're doing a, a local show, I mean. Uh, well, it's a local show, but they want, you know, he wants people to come in. Well, yeah, but, I, but I know, but, but what I mean is that, like, your average person who's going to Comic Arts Brooklyn is not going to go to Miami. Well, so, I'm, I mean more the artists yes. and the yeah, publishers. About uh, the that's publi- what I'm talking the, about. The I'm talking about the artists and the, and the artists. publishers. Yeah. I'm not talking about yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean that. No, it's that, a local show. I mean that, it should have the, that you, he it puts the the exhibitors in a bind because they've got to decide with limited resources and more shows than ever before. Well, where they're going to go? I mean, well, Fantagraphics wasn't at the show because they were there was a short run in Seattle and they were set up in their hometown. Of course, yeah, they yeah, are, of course you they know. Yeah. But and, I mean, I, I think maybe with the profusion of cons out there, unless you've got something uh, massive or incredibly famous, that you know maybe it should be like the sports divisions, which uh, <laughs> are marked off to their quadrant of the country, where like the so that for shows like Comic Art Brooklyn, because I mean, the fact of the matter is. That yes, there are only so many weekends in a year, but uh, there are also fans all over. Well, so this did maybe creators should for the smaller shows stick to their quadrant and thus lose less money and have less angst. Well, there's but there, that's a good. Uh, well, yes, except 
that um then you know they're unfortunately well, familiarity breeds contempt so you know if it's the same person that you've seen everywhere every weekend you know at, yeah. at your local then you know i mean there need to be a special attraction well yeah and, but I mean, yeah yeah i mean there were a few you know like noah van skyver yeah, from right. denver sure, was there sure, sure, um right. you know kush from croatia or excuse me latvia oh my god terrible yeah. uh, apologies uh, was there? Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm blanking right now, but there were another. Uh, there were some names. Yeah, there was a, uh, a hand, there. A In fact, I mean, Adrian Tomine was there, even though uh, um, DNQ was not right, exhibiting. Right. Well, he's local, but, but I mean, he, he only yeah, he does. Lives in the city. He only does comic arts Brooklyn. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, um, so but, I mean, your point is well taken. But, but I, I mean, I by local, I don't mean like just that city. I right. mean people from like that quadrant of the nation you mean regional regional yeah regional it was i would say it was a regional in some ways it was yeah yeah Yeah. i would Uh, say that and you know what it did fine yeah it it absolutely did fine i mean uh, in fact i mean there were people i mean alternative press and they're in florida aren't they yeah yeah or or is it California? I no, they're in California. They're yeah. in California. Either way, so they were there, and they've got a fine lineup of stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah. and others. Yeah, yeah so. I mean, breakdown press was there. They sent one person there. Yeah. The mm-hmm. other one's the thought bubble. I think a lot of yeah. times with alternative, they send a person, and then they, you know, like like they were big enough to do two shows. Yeah, and because these aren't like mega booths or anything. It's a table with some books on it. Yeah, yeah, and but, uh, and and unless and to your point, I mean, there was a strong showing. Of local uh, publishers, I mean, yeah, New York yeah, Review Comics was there. It was so. their first, their first cab, and the guy said they were selling out, selling books hand over fist. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, this is a show that really is in demand. People want to go to this thing for sure. So even on short notice, with you know, Fantagraphic, D and Q not there, um, um, people were happy. I mean, uh, uh, No Brow was there. Uh huh. Yeah. They had a. They had a. They had their artists set up. So it was a little smaller, but just as intense. Yeah. Oh, I had my hand over my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry about that. You already had it. I'm looking for some of the books I bought. And, uh, you know, they had a really nice after party, actually, Mm -hmm. that was right around the the corner. You know, this show was scaled down, but I thought it was like the best one (laughs) You know, well, the best one, like, you know, there used to be these giant loft parties that were absolutely amazing. Yeah. But, you know, that that day is over there. Yeah. No one has a giant loft that will have a giant party for <laughs> our kind of people. So so they had a nice uh, after party that was really pleasant. Yeah. Um, and well, there was no programming either, no, though no. I, there was an animation festival, but I didn't really go out there for that. I didn't go to that. You know, yeah. but I picked up a bunch of books that were uh, – and then I went home and read them, and it was really <laughs> fun. I mean, it was nice just to read comics, well, you know? Well, I, I did too, too. Well, and, and once again, you, I found some works that, you know, I didn't know about. I, I, I expect Heidi probably does, but in any event, uh, Cartosia Tales, are you familiar with I that am, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Fabulous. was Fabulous. I mean, really it's excellent. really mm-hmm, great yeah. stuff. Um, and there were others. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. I picked up actually. I think we. Uh, uh, I mean, Noah Van Skyver. Oh, no, go on. I think mm-hmm. he's really great. I picked up the, a couple of his newest comics, and uh, they're hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Pie Club. Have you did this group of I, guys? I saw them, but they're I, a riot. They've and they all got really interesting uh, kind of mini comics that they're doing. Yeah. So uh, they were very interesting. So, and I mean, uh, you know, I am a big fan of Koosh. They put out these yeah. little tiny. Um, uh, books and I picked up a bunch. There's yeah, yeah. a new one by Michael DeForge. That's really, you know, I think he's really kicked it up a notch. Boy, yeah, he, he really yeah. is is yeah. getting better and better. Uh, so um, yeah, it was great. I had a wonderful yeah. day and you know, yep, yep, memories yep, so. to remember of the, you know, so in the movie you can have a flashback, you know, when you're like remembering the sunny yeah, day. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with friends. and and it's certainly one of you know, it's one of the 
I mean, it was even lower. I mean, as I say low key, but you know, if you work, if you walked into that floor midday, it was yeah. packed with people like rifling through no. everything, and it lasted. No, excuse me, it lasted the whole day. I left late Saturday, and the floor was still packed. Yeah. So now, anyway, go ahead. Interestingly, yes. when I uh, wrote to Gabe Fowler, the organizer, for uh, mm. you know to see if he had any thoughts on this year's show, and I asked. Will there be a yes. cab in 2017? <laughs> about that. And interestingly, he ignored my question. Hmm. So, I mean, either that's, uh, you know, a just a tease. Um, hmm. I mean, he looked pretty happy. I think he'll yeah. probably try to do it again. But, um, you know, sometimes things need to be every two years. If you know, if you don't well, have it's reasonable. Yeah. You know? Well, he's got an, a whole other business. And, I mean, putting this thing together, if he's doing it all himself. It's a lot of work. It's got to be insane. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, mean, you wonder why he doesn't get some help. Well, he did, because well, yeah. they didn't get a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the, problem, well, the problem with help yeah. is other people. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, you know, the problem with help is you have to work with other people. Yeah, so, so uh, there's that. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's hard to uh, put on a show if you don't like working with other people. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're joking a little bit here, but, but, but he, that's a pro- he did that's, have a, a – there was a group. Yes, it used to be the Brooklyn Comics and Graphics Festival yeah. that was put on by three people. But didn't seem to work out. Yes, so, so yes. And uh, I saw one of them there, and the other I did not see there. So uh, uh, I'll leave you in suspense. Yeah. Well, Bill was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Tell me, you just ruined everything. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> well as... it's not that big a secret. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I will say, as someone who has run much, much smaller events, be it a comics table or a little thing for seniors, um, you, you have to work with other people or you'll go bonkers. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. He, he, he may go bonkers. He, he's, I mean, well, he's working with. The, the publishers, but... <laughs> but, yeah. That might be, a rec- you know, a, a, yeah. uh, easy way to go bonkers. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a hard... It's a hard road to hoe if you do it all yeah. yourself. But somehow or other, it's it's a terrific show. It's, it's yeah. great. It's easy to do. It's and, free. Uh, yeah, it is. It's free. Full of good and, books. And it really... I, I think there's lots time, of bars timing, in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. And, the time, <laughs> and there's a real sense of community. I mean, it was really mm-hmm. funny. Like, I was talking to Amy Reader, who uh, is the writer on Devil Dinosaur, Moon Girl, and, of course artist yeah. fantastic artist and you know we were chatting and as i said you know i was just talking to katie skelly uh the of you know vampire loves and yeah. uh you yeah, know operation nurse. everybody's talking and uh and she's like oh she lives here i was like yeah she lives here like like you know people don't even know who lives well, in new but, york anymore but new york's so big how can you yeah but there used to be uh the back in the day there yeah. was a really strong people are leaving net. yeah yeah there was such people a strong are... net comics community that, i mean it was um, good to see what was happening there because obviously there is still a bustling new york city but it, it people have left a lot oh, of people yeah. have left few uh, have come I mean, back but um yeah so um, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I think that the uh, comments you had at the end of the story that we did at publishersweekly.com/slash/comics, yes, um, saying you know it's hard to have a small press comics scene if you're stressed out and broke yeah. over money. Yeah, when movies cost fourteen dollars yeah. or at least, uh, excuse me, that's the matinee price. Yeah, you know, if you want to go see a three D movie, it's like twenty dollars. So it's kind of hard for everybody to be like, hey, let's just go and. Pro- but it's always it's always wait, real wait, estate. Wait. Oh. Pro tip listeners um if you belong to triple a or other organizations like that you can buy little discount movie vouchers for go. half price or yeah. if you're a certain age you can just pretend that you're a senior yeah. apparently yes yes apparently and apparently but, some of us don't have to pretend i know right yeah. <laughs> but, but the senior discounts are not that good yeah <laughs> 
Um, but really what we're talking about is real estate. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, a, a latte will kill you in this town, the cost of it. But yeah. you know what? Uh, it's the rent you're paying on your apartment. Yeah. It's, it's well, what's you, really driving people out of New York. Yeah. I, I mean, I put this in my story too, but it was good to see Dame Darcy there. Yeah. And like, here's someone who was a fixture of the yeah. scene. And I don't mean to make her sound too old, but it was the 90s, the greatest yeah. decade sure, of human yeah. history. Yes, it was. And uh, Dame Darcy was a huge, she was a fixture sure, of yeah. performance, performance art down the Lower comics, East Side I mean, doing comics. And, you know, and she's left. She lives in Savannah, Georgia now. So it's kind of, and now yeah. people were so excited to see her. I was really, I was really pleased to see her kind of make this comeback tour, you know, with her Meat Cake Bible, which is an amazing, gorgeous yeah. book. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, as according to your story, uh, she can afford to buy our own haunted mansion now. Well, that's a dream. <laughs> it's still her dream. So, so there you go. So, uh, so yeah. Well, we like comics art, Brooklyn. Well, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that a haunted mansion anywhere but New York or San Francisco is uh, a lot cheaper than even a haunted apartment in New York or San Francisco. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, okay, well, but on the uh, convention um, tip, there's a couple coming up this right? weekend. Right, well, there's yeah. just endless. Uh, yeah. So, Calvin, you're headed to Miami. Uh, I'm headed to Miami. Uh, a last-minute request, and thank you. For, I don't care how late it was. I'm glad it came. I went to the Miami Book Fair for the first time last year, and it had a. I just had a blast. Um, so I'm going back and I'm going to be doing a public interview with, uh, Jean Luen Yang. So we're going to talk for an hour and, and you know, in the Miami humid- humidity. Nice. Very nice. Well, yeah, yes. I, I think I warned you last year cause I went the year before and, uh, got caught in constant torrential Well, it downpours. rains all the time. Yeah. I mean, but it but, rains but and it stops. Just, but not just a little daily no, it, rain, yeah. like a it big pours. soaking rain. So, you know, where... But but it only lasts like five minutes, right? And, right. and the but sun you, comes out, and but then it, you get plenty wet yeah. in those five minutes if you don't. But, you know, but it's funny because you just start and stop all day long. Yeah. You know, it rains, and then you you run inside, and then the sun comes back out, and you go back out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they don't going. they don't tell you that until you go there and see yes. it for yourself. So it's so, a you know little pro tip. Well, Calvin's going to Miami, yeah, and I'm going to New Jersey, so you know it's really equal. <laughs> yeah. And um, so but no, I'm going to the New Jersey Comic Expo. Uh, which is a smaller show. I guess it's, I think it's been around a few years, but it was bought by the uh, people who put on Long Beach Comics Expo. Uh-huh. Um, oh, um, nice. And, and uh, yeah, for, they put it on last year. It's a really uh, nice, small, manageable show. Really mm-hmm. nice. I'm from New Jersey, so I don't, it doesn't uh-huh. bother me to go there. Uh, it's a, you know, you get Are you doing hang. a panel? Or? I am doing a panel. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a bunch of panels. One of them is with How to Break Into Comics with Matt Hawkins and Colleen Doran. And, oh, cool. uh, you oh, know, wow. there's another one Great. that I should probably look up and see what it is. But uh, anyway, I'll be there quite a bit uh, talking and yakking. So if you're near Edison, New Jersey, uh, come on down. Uh, the feature guests, uh, Neil Adams, Colleen Doran. Um, let's see who else is there. Ron Mars is there. Amy Chu is cool. there. Uh, you know, just if you if you've been looking to go. To a small, laid-back, but really well-run convention, I, I recommend yeah. the New Jersey cool. Comic Expo. I, I will so. have to go one of these years myself. Never yeah. been to it. Yeah. Great. Well, um, speaking of conventions, however, mm-hmm. now, <laughs> something we talk about quite a bit here on the show, uh, and, you know, the convergence and all that sort of oh, stuff, yeah, yeah, about yeah. how, you know, so, like a lot of people try to set up convention events and uh you know there's been so many fly by nighters trying to break in and you know i think we mentioned briefly in passing a couple weeks ago that huge story in hollywood reporter about how the nerd liberties their bags of money you know how Stephen amell who uh, plays green arrow has become the impresario of all these conventions you know he's a partner in them 
Uh, but part of that has been the rise of Wizard World, which, mm. of course, Wizard has been around a long time. And their conventions are very different now. They are very different. But I was also going to say, they started out as a magazine yes. and then started putting on events. And now they're just an event company. Yeah. However, there was a big shakeup there uh, just a couple weeks ago when uh, it was announced that they had fired their... Uh, um, now I'm forgetting his exact title. Yeah, but, I can't uh, remember. But, he but was, it was like he it was a high it, level it was executive. Like, it was it was like programming director or director of con. He was a director or vice president. Stephen Seamus, brother of Wizard founder Garam Seamus. Uh, anyway, he was fired and then sued for a million dollars for um, embezzling their Liberty collectibles. You know, I guess <laughs> grabbing a couple of those bags of money as he yes, left the office well, I in guess the afternoon. What would happen is that you know Norman Reedus would come and he would say, "Hey Norman, will you sign a couple of baseballs for me, uh-huh. or you know, sign a couple of photos?" And uh, Wizard claims claims we don't know, but they claim that he would sell them on the secondary market. Uh, mm-hmm. And made tons and tons of money doing. And so they feel he was abusing his position. Yes, they do. Now, uh, and then I heard after this, then I got a lot of scuttlebutt. You know, people were like, uh, you know, their office is closed or everything. But uh, if you look to their books, they are publicly traded. Uh, they were, uh, you know, they let go of their president, John McAluso, about mm-hmm. a year ago. Uh, probably it was only a month ago. I don't even know what time. It was a few months it ago. It was a few months back. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, their business isn't isn't as uh robust as it was mm-hmm. uh so they are also consolidating a little bit and looks like they're cutting back to just their most profitable shows and uh it, but oh yes i was gonna say that um for those of you who have not been tuned into the convention scene um as long once upon a time before the giant explosion of really great comic cons there was a time when i remember i i went um, where I as a teenager would would go to Comic Cons and the biggest and best that you could get if you couldn't get yourself out to San Diego or to places outside the tri-state area was Wizard World. Yeah. yeah. And they were real legit Comic Cons no, with big presences and everything. But um, they actually got a lot of competition from companies and people who were more tuned in to the comic scene and had less of a, how will we put this, mass-produced convention mm-hmm. and more yeah. of a locally well, they feed started, on the ground. They really started turning off the big two. I mean, we're bringing it. I mean, I think the, the emphasis on nerd liberties and, and these, I mean, I still find it a little baffling, but it's clearly profitable. Well, this, but- Paying for photos and yeah, I but mean, I think I think that really took off once they started losing their old business model. Were they doing wrestling in one well, of the I shows? Think, yes, they did, and you know I they know tried that. a lot of things at shows. And Kate, I agree with you. I used to go to okay. Wizard World Chicago and Wizard World Philadelphia. I thought Wizard World Philadelphia, was, Wizard World Philadelphia, was used a, to be great. Was and Wizard World Chicago show. used to be a huge show because yes. it would well, be right it, after San Diego, it wouldn't it? Still is. It yeah. still is a very big show. It's yeah. a huge fan base in the Midwest. Um, you know, they have a bunch of shows that that draw a lot of people. And you know, look, I want to be clear. I, I hear, I mean. I hear two different things. Like, there's always kind of this little uh, dark cloud over Wizard because there's a lot of people. They did some underhanded things and became very competitive with uh, long-term uh, existing conventions, and that turned off a lot of people. So they said they, you know, specifically they, pro- yeah, they were pro- programmed a- against Heroes yeah. Con. Mm-hmm. And uh, that turned off a lot of people back in the day. And uh, to the point where Steve uh, Garam Seamus, who was the founder, had to step down because so many people 
didn't want to work with him anymore. Um, uh, Stephen Seamus, by the way, is chief marketing officer. I just I looked see. up. Uh, so, but, you know, I, I mean, I don't get it myself. I don't get why people are so eager to meet Norman Reedus and, um, <laughs> Michael Rooker. I mean, just time well, after time after time, you know, but they're good at it. They love fair. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they pay top to, dollars yeah. to do it. To, to be fair, a lot more, uh, mainstream comic cons will also have a little sideline in nerd liberties yeah. Oh, yeah. off oh, well, in the course. basement somewhere. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, there's um, nothing where they you, charge, you know, nerd no, liberties go back to the dawn of the comic con. Yeah. And not, then the sales at San Diego. I mean, it's a yeah. there are huge lines up there for the same thing. Yeah. yeah, but you know, they don't actually no, that's not right. They don't they, they don't, don't sell. No, they don't they don't do that at San Diego. Oh, okay. They don't have they have an autograph alley yeah. where they have that and they do sell things there, but it's it's so they don't have like because I know so, they have the nerd liberties up there. Generally, they do, speaking. but it's but a lot of them are actually free autographs. Well. Uh huh. Okay. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they have a whole different kind uh, of. System okay. Well, then I, but I you, stand corrected. About, yeah. but you, do you pay to use Autograph Alley? I mean, to get your stuff autographed there. Uh, you know, I'm not. Now, sometimes I they make they you buy a sell. book. I mean, right. at least in the book world, the yes. prose world, they yeah. they will sometimes do that. Make yeah. you buy a book. Yeah, they do, but it's it's they don't like you know they don't like even though San Diego has the biggest number of celebrities ever, and they will like for instance if they have, um, you know, uh, the cast of the JLA movie, which they did, you know, yeah. uh, and then they did one signing at the. DC booth, which was tightly monitored, yeah. you know, or they might have the cast of right. Gotham do one signing yeah. at the booth, which is free, but you have to get a ticket. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, they, even though they have all those nerd celebrities there, they don't go sit in the artist alley and sell Damn. books and stuff. Now, they have an autograph space. Yes. That has a lot of people in it, but it's, and I'm sure they are selling books and photos and that kind of thing, but it's such a small part yeah. of what goes yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. New York Comic Con has a significant, I mean, you would never notice it because it's off in its own autograph alley, but does have a significant um, Nerd Liberty pay for your photo and autograph. An awesome uh, con. I, I was, the lines to get yes. photos and, at Awesome Con were. Yep. Were so amazing. Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. I mean, no, it's a huge part. And some of, a of these lot things were like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. But um, uh, the the other thing. Well, this is interesting. So some of the other scuttlebutt fallout. So uh, that I heard about this, and another charge, another very important charge that was made in this uh, complaint against Seamus, Stephen Seamus, is that because he was the person at wizard who negotiated with the uh celebrities he set the price and apparently he set the prices very high and which according to the suit caused them to lose money now i've heard from a few other convention organizers that that is part of the inflationary spiral uh, of this whole space uh-huh. you know that wizard was was paying these super high guarantees and uh that had a detrimental effect down downstream mm-hmm. for smaller shows so um you know there's a lot of ramifications to this story he is countersued um claiming uh, you know like they owe him a hundred thousand dollars i mean it really is just yeah. I, I and you know i'm not a lawyer but i would have to say unless you had some kind of thing in your contract that said hey you can't sell anything you get at the show I'm not even actually sure they have a case against yeah. it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it may be hinky and a bit of abuse of power, but it doesn't sound like it's against the law. Well, it doesn't sound like it in fact impacted their bottom line at all. You know, I don't know how selling, you know, well, uh, Karen Gillan uh, 
you know, tchotchkes would hurt Wizard World. Well, I mean, I can see that it wouldn't necessarily hurt their bottom line, but I can see how they would feel that it was inappropriate and yes. hurt well, their reputation. A million dollars oh, is a million dollars. It's Stevie <laughs> as well, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not I mean, saying uh, that, but... Yeah, and but I can definitely a, see firing yeah. them for it, but I don't really see how they're gonna make their case. Yeah, exactly. I don't see what the damages are to them, to be honest. I guess they're gonna say it's damages to their reputation. I guess. But... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if someone's like, you know, setting, you know, artificially high terms and really if, if material is disappearing out the back door, I mean, I mean no no organization right. is going to be happy and, but, about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean I, a million dollars is a million dollars if that's an accurate assessment. But it's a million dollars worth of stuff that didn't Most actually belong to Wizard time. World. Exactly. Well, so, I mean, true. Uh, yeah, I, and you know what? I, I think if there are damages to be had from this, it's probably not even the signed memorabilia. Yeah. I think it's more the things that were more collusionary and yeah. just da- mm. other well, kinds of damages. So hand, that's just my, uh, uh, yeah, un- yeah. you know. On, on the other hand, I mean, if, if that's what if that is a nerd liberty price that the market will bear, and maybe it wasn't, maybe that was the problem. But if if you can really get your money back on paying Stephen Amell whatever it is you pay Stephen Amell, then rough as it is for their cons, I don't know that that strikes me as illegal. Right. Um, but we'll see. Well, you know the way. Just for anyone who doesn't know, the way these these this works is like if you want to bring um, Stephen Amell to your show. Uh, you talk to his booker and you say, and they all have a minimum guarantee. Mm. Like they're like, I will go there for, and some people make six figures. Like William Shatner makes six figures. So if you want the Shat, you're going to pay a hundred thousand dollars. That's why he does four shows in a weekend. Okay. So he's guaranteed that. Now, then he sits down and sells his own merchandise. Like yeah. he's the one who makes that money. And if it doesn't come up to $100,000, he still gets, you have to pay, the convention yeah. organizer right. has to pay the difference. Right. So, yeah. So they, that's why we talk about the guarantees yeah. And, yeah. and so on. So, um, yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. well, anyway, there's definitely more to come on that. <laughs> definitely more to come. Um, well, speaking of more to come, um, you know, we're not going to really harsh your mellow, but it is our duty <laughs> to talk about a few of the uh you know ramifications of our uh, just election just passed uh um, yeah so listeners if you don't want to hear discussion of the current election <laughs> please tune out now yeah Thank but, you. but just tune out for you? five just tune yeah. out for five minutes okay because yeah. we're not gonna go we're gonna keep it short we're gonna keep it short but <laughs> and you know, relevant to comics and, and also just a couple things of uh, developments that are seem newsworthy enough that we mm. wanted to discuss them and the number one is uh, conventions uh, with George Perez and Humberto yeah. Ramos announcing that they would no longer do conventions in red states. They said they would honor their commitments that they had, but then after that, they uh, would not do them. And, um, you know, George Perez is of Puerto Rican origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Humberto Ramos is from Mexico. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's been pretty much everyone's been very supportive of them in the industry yeah. saying, you know what? It's your own personal decision sure, of course. Right. to feel where you feel safe, you know? Right. Um, and others have said, you know what, you can't, you can't hide away from this. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I don't like the idea of dividing up the country even more than it already is. Yeah. But really, I mean, this is obviously a personal decision, that, uh, and who could blame them? But yeah, um, yeah. It, it doesn't seem, in a larger political sense, it this yeah. doesn't seem to me the ideal path of resistance. Yeah, but just that's just my personal yeah, reaction. And more a, power to as a as a political message. I don't think it's useful. I think it's counterproductive. But if it's um, a personal, if you just don't feel comfortable there, then like you're not obliged yeah, to show yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, you know, I sure. will say, um, 
I think one of the things uh, that I've heard from many of my friends who live in the heartland of America is that, uh, you know, maybe when they were a kid growing up, you know, maybe there was only one Asian person or one, you know, person with dark skin or one or if any Muslims. I mean, a lot of people have never come in contact with other people. And I think conventions are a place where you can actually, you know, bring people together. You know, that said... I have unfortunately talked to people of color who go to wonderful conventions in red states and tell me some pretty hilarious things that they heard yeah. while they were sitting there. So this is not yep. a made up thing. Yeah, you know, you and, just um, you have to yeah. make your choices of what's yeah. right for yeah. you. Yeah. So now, I will say, as someone from the much maligned state of Pennsylvania, which incidentally, you guys, it's not just our fault. We just happen <laughs> to be the last ones counted. <laughs> um right. you know, I mean one, swing states happen. And how do you think they swing? Because of cultural influences. So get in there and influence yeah. if you feel yeah. up to it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, secondly, what can I say? I mean, you're, if you can look at it two ways. You can take care of yourself, which is fine. Or you can be there and um, support and educate the people who are there. Right. And, you know, speaking of supporting and educating, uh, another thing uh, just to touch on is some people are talking about boycotting companies that supported Trump. Uh, You know, the one I keep hearing is New Balance because I know people love their kicks. And uh, Mm. I guess... New Balance, like the KKK, said it's the washing of the white man. I don't know. But um, uh, but did they give any money to the KKK I, or anything? Uh, they did. They, they didn't say the KKK, but they're... Uh, they gave... They, they're the, as a on, company. They're big on, yes, they're big on... The CEO is big on Trump. Uh, that well, said... But, but is it the CEO or the company? Because companies can make corporate donations. Right. And that's separate from individual Well, I, I haven't CEOs looked into that, donations. but I have... So I, think, I do uh, know that at the Mark, Youngling Beer yeah, Company in yeah. the same... Category. Well, I was going to say Marvel, uh, obviously, Ike Perlmutter, but more specifically, his wife, Laura, was a huge, she donated $5 million to the Trump campaign and is serving on his inaugural committee, uh, his inauguration yeah. committee. Um, and also, uh, you know, Steve Jeppe, who owns outright uh, Diamond, he made no uh, bones about the fact that he was supporting Trump. So, you know, uh, I, I so if people are going to do this kind of boycott, you know, this, this is going to be, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I will say. I'm not I, sure where it I, all ends. Yeah. I, have, <laughs> I have a Diamond story. That is politically related, accidentally. Um, okay. <laughs> years ago, I applied for a job at Diamond. And um, I used the word gravitas, which I did not get from uh, John Stewart or any of that. I had never watched those shows. I just used it because it was part of my vocabulary. And when I used it in the interview, my interview immediately went south and uh, – because of your choice of a word? Because he, no, I used the word, and then he was like, oh, did you get that from John Stewart? And, I mean, I'm not saying it was Jeffy, but it was, it was someone who worked at Diamond. And I was just like, I was just like, no, I don't watch that show. But, like, at that point, the interview turned hostile. Really? And I was, because the assumption was that I was a John Stewart-loving something, uh, which I, I don't actually even watch John Stewart. I never did. But, um, yeah, so that's an interesting Based so now, on your now use that, of the word gravitas, be, well, where was the, this interview held? It was a it was a phone interview because. Uh-huh. But anyway, but it was to work at Diamond Headquarters. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, Diamond Corporate. But um, odd and, but true. But, but yeah. now, now that I know that Jeppy is very conservative, I can see how it might have created a conservative office culture, and maybe that's what that was about. 
It was very strange. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. moving well, on. Well, that's kind of a big leap. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard but, to know. No, but, it, but, but certainly I mean, a strange just, just interesting, interesting yeah, that's a, that's a strange, story. Definitely yeah. a strange little story. I mean, there's a lot of people that work yeah. at that. I mean, and, you I know, don't we're, know. Listen, we're in the early days of this. You know, there might be more to come or there might be no more to come. This might be <laughs> yeah, the well, end of culture and history. A, yeah. But, uh, but listen, uh, to try to be a little more positive about things, uh, there's a bunch of people <laughs> are, are going to be uh, setting up some kind of support networks. And uh, one thing is that Sophie Goldstein and Jennifer Jordan are donating the profits from their book Darwin Carmichael is going to hell uh, to the ACLU um, and it was a Kickstarter book so they it's pure profit that will go to the ACLU and I've heard of other cartoonists who are devoting like you know variant covers and you know some second printing sure. money uh, I'm sure the CBLDF will have a CBLDF, lot of ACLU, extra work Planned on the Parenthood. Team. so yeah. uh, you know everybody's activating mm. and organizing and that ends our election corner yeah yes okay and so now to lighter news. The briefs. The briefs. So, first off, the Village Voice is returning to comics. Yes. So, the Village Voice, once upon a time, uh, published comics. Yes, I know. Hard to believe. And, <laughs> and, and, once upon a time, people read the Village Voice. But, yeah, well, yes, well. there's that. But, um, so as part of the churn at the in the comics industry, um, a lot of small local and alt press uh, papers have stopped carrying comics and the village voice was really a um, important and sad loss, but guess what? They're back. Um, So tune in. Yeah. They look pretty good. The village voice and uh, pick up your titles. Yeah. Okay. It's what Carl Stevens. Uh, uh, yeah. They're doing Carl Stevens with kind of an updated yeah. photorealistic Garfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's kind of a, it is a, it is a Garfield yeah. cat, but and just the, be, way but, better drawn. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Lauren Weinstein is doing yes. Uh, yes. A, a panel. A normal and person. Great. Yeah. Normal person. It's mm-hmm. great to see her back. I love yeah. her work yeah. and she has been away for quite a while. So, um, and, so and, uh, that is a and plus. there's one more. Who else do we leave? Do we name them all? Lauren? Uh, Carl? Are they doing Ward Sutton? Oh, maybe it's a, I just saw. Yeah, I guess it was only two that I saw. Yeah, yeah, I knew. Yeah. I thought it was. I know. Three. I actually picked up a print Village Voice to look and see what else they're running, but uh-huh. uh, I didn't have time. Although it is, uh, I don't know when the last time you picked one up is, but it's a thin pamphlet. Yeah, I haven't. You yeah. know, as someone it's, who used to live by the Village everyone Voice, everyone did. I never look at it now. Yeah, no. um, well, we have the internet. Yeah, <laughs> one small tabloid newspaper that was free. Yeah, uh, was the equivalent of the internet for old time. Yes, people. it was. It was yeah, incredible. I mean, that's how you organized your life for the next week was mm-hmm. using the Village Voice. Well, now it's Time Out Magazine. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Um, that, and they had I, great comics. Yeah. Which but, yeah, Village yeah. Um, Time Out does not have comics. Yeah. <laughs> sadly. Okay. So, um, and also returning is Hayao Miyazaki. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, stay away. So, so, like the grizzled veteran back for one last job, Hayao Miyazaki is on his third last movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> his first last movie was Ponyo. His second last movie was As the Wind Rises. And now his third and possibly final last movie. Not that we begrudge it. Yeah. Thank you for coming or back, Or that sir. we believe it. But it, yes. But, we but know. thank you for coming back. Is yes. Boro the Caterpillar. So that's just been announced. We look forward to seeing it. Congratulations, Mr. Miyazaki. I hope you got some sleep while you were on your little retirement dash hiatus. 
Uh, back to the grind, I guess. Yeah, it, you know, it's so nice retiring so you can come out of retirement. Yeah, it is. Everybody's <laughs> so happy to see you. It feels so good. Yeah. And sometimes you decide you like retirement and you don't come back. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you decide that really you're a genius and the world needs to see more of you. And you we agree on that one. And apparently, this is, no one is going to be CG, which I thought he hated. Well, I guess I guess he decided but, to make an experiment. Also, yeah. by the way, when he retired, was he supposed to go back to drawing manga? He did. Yes. And he did draw manga. Oh, he did. Yes. Did it come out? I don't know. That's a good question. It has not come out in the United States. I think it was. It wasn't like a book. It was like short things. Yeah. I don't so know if they come out yet. He was just sitting there and <laughs> got doodling. Tired of no, it wasn't doodling. It was short bored, stories. And now I got and, that. I got uh, that. You know, stuff. So it's not that he didn't do it. It's just that. Uh, clearly, he's returned to his passion. Yes. Okay. So, on less high, uh, high-end uh, am- animated things, um, Ford Fusion has decided <laughs> that the crucial demographic they must capture for their mid-size, mid-range car is geeks. Mm-hmm. And so, they now have an ad campaign with... Uh, the first of which is a repurposed Sailor Moon clip, um, but they're talking everything around it makes it seem like this is going to be a whole ad campaign with maybe some other things. We'll see. Um, in which they take a clip from Sailor Moon and they take the original voice actors. Actually, well, no, not that. The no, original. I think it's the new the, Bizcast. The, actually, yeah, yeah. The, the current but real voice actors yes, yes. for the American dub of Sailor Moon, and instead of talking about you know love they're talking about <laughs> the car and how much <laughs> they want this car and all of its features and yes. so so uh usagi is like oh it's so pretty i want one and then luna the cat is like here are all of its useful features yes. and then usagi is like i really want one they're so cute and then luna's like you're too young to drive um and, and then they giggle and then they giggle <laughs> and i don't know how much they paid for this commercial but they're clearly trying to branch out Kawaii. to our demographic yes yes well the car itself is not that cool uh, yeah you know i think the best manga tie and um, the the proof of manga being in the mainstream is uh i think it's l'oreal that does the manga uh mascara have you ever no, seen I haven't seen oh. some manga. I guess mascara. you guys don't read women's magazines or go not. to the makeup aisle. But uh, yeah, and it's 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 been around for years actually. Oh, I haven't seen a, it. It's, it's, like a it's called, yeah, it's like manga brand, and they you know have the big eyes. It's like you know wearing the right, mascara right, is going right. to give you big eyes. So hey, yeah. You well, I mean, I had known about manga themed mascara of, <laughs> available uh, in Japan, but I had not realized yeah. that we have our own sort of generic manga mascara yeah. here. Okay. And one more thing. Sorry, guys. Stick around. Just one more. Marvel has unveiled a new online show (laughs) about a very important topic that maybe you, as a a Marvel uh, reader, don't understand. That is to say, Marvel. (laughs) They have a show which will be explaining its comics to you, the audience, who presumably don't understand them. And uh, now you can tune in to their online. Well, show. Well, it's had a lot of these oh, shows yeah. over the last few years, haven't they? Didn't they start you know, one Mar- with the 
with the chick from uh, very actually a very well, charming what? chick from uh, the Attack of the Show. Calvin, you can't say the word chick. Oh, sorry about that. Um, you can't. A woman, <laughs> young, but well, she's a woman, she, and she's a very delightful person too because I've interviewed her. Um, but uh, and I apologize for not remembering her name. Um, but uh, her name was Chicky McChicken Chick. <laughs> well, you know, I'm an I'm an old guy, so uh, the Phil Jackson of uh, yeah. <laughs> apparently of uh, at least I didn't talk about her posse. But um, <laughs> it's anyway. Uh, but the, I mean, this, they had a number of shows explaining their shows <laughs> over the years, and right. I guess this is just the latest. Well, I, listen, I think to their credit they're trying to be a little bit more uh open to new readers you mm-hmm. know yeah. i mean they're well, trying to is, yeah well and marvel consistently does this is a good um thing. you know recaps and the inside front cover so yeah. if it by some you know god forsaken reason you should pick up a story in the middle well, i i think the recaps inside the front cover is good but the fact that you need to have a web show is perhaps a sign well let's put it this way they've titled their own show tldr (laughs) which if you a listener for some reason don't know this acronym it means too long didn't read um so i don't know that shows a lot of confidence in their own material but that's just well you you know there is that uh uh there's that podcast uh, jay and miles explain the x-men to you you know that is and they've been doing it for years and um they literally do that. Like they talk like for an hour about one issue of the X-Men and, um, you know, they have a Patreon and it makes like $6,000 a month or something. So maybe we're in the wrong line of we're work. We're clearly yeah, in the wrong line of yeah. business. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. should we branch out? Yeah. Let's just do, so. uh, let's just do that. Yeah. What can, yeah. <laughs> what can we talk about for an hour? Well, it has to, no, 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 but I'm saying, but I'm saying <laughs> people get into the content, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, as, absolutely. as uh, these, uh, the DC fans. Well, you know? no, without I mean, a doubt. It's, it's not so much just the continuity. It's, it's you know the characters and their relationships and the arc. Yeah, it's yeah. not just yeah. like who was wearing what shirt in what issue and who has changed their name when. I mean, there's it's it is our current modern mythologies really, where you've no. got this whole epic cast that that is carried on by multiple creators I, and that's that's something yeah, and people, people feel passionate incre- about for the reason and fans get incredibly granular and, about yeah every detail but, in the and story. if there was ever a uh a you know character a bunch of characters a franchise that lent itself to that it is the x-men i mean they, yeah. because they've had so many mm-hmm. loves and loss and and, you know, and quite frankly i have never seen fans have quite so much fun and quite so many giggle fits as when they're recounting to some startled newbie <laughs> the hilarious family tree of cable yes cable i'm my own grandpa i'm yeah oh it just gets more complex my mom is not my mom but my mom is a clone of my mom <laughs> my time traveling mom yeah there yeah. you go. Well, yeah. anyway, so all right. Well, maybe that's uh, you know what. Listen, and evil twins. If you think we should turn this into a uh, you know continuity based podcast where we just talk <laughs> about comic book continuity, uh, let us know in the comments. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, this isn't quite news, but uh, the Valerian in the um, City of a Thousand Planets trailer came out since our last yeah. podcast. It is, you may say, think that this is just some other new weird Luc Besson, but it is a new weird Luc Besson based upon a wonderful Euro comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. check out the comic, and check out the movie. Along the same lines, uh, I saw the first Ghost in the Shell 
trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which looks yeah. great, but yeah. I but still find that why the whole God, thing why? about that movie. The whitewashing, yeah. It's, yeah, and, it's and the just, funny thing is, is I just find gross. it annoying. It's not no only end. gross, but I... But at this point, it's inexplicable because I've researched it, and literally, none of those movies have made money. I know that's right. Not one of the whitewashed movies has made money. Remember who so, was who played Dragon Ball? You know, who yeah. played Goku? It was like yeah. it was James uh, Marsters, I think. Yes, it was. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm it's just wrong. I'm, it's just wrong. It's, yeah. it's not only wrong. Even if you are someone who has no good taste mm-hmm. or sense and is incredibly tacky, if you look at it. As a business decision, which is what they keep defending it as, it doesn't make money. Yeah, Why you do it. this? Yeah. It make no money. Well, you know, we're going to do t- like two steps forward, one step back. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, discussion about all of that kind of stuff, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, because but- I mean, I actually am con- actually thinking maybe of not seen it. You know, I'm a huge uh, Shiro Masumona yeah. fan. A Ghost in the Shell. Who, and I'm, who, well, I'm not the only it one. Again? Oh God, I've forgotten his name. Um, some guy. He's some guy, and he's also some guy who's you know uh, p- an, uh, unusually confident in his decisions. I guess all directors have mm-hmm. to be. Right now, look, nobody dislikes Scarlett Johansson. She's awesome. She's a great actress, and I like her very much. In some ways, uh, and I don't blame her yeah. for taking the job. No, I, don't I just either. think it I was just one of blame those like the power brokers for 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 doing this for yeah. putting her in that situation and putting us in that situation yeah. for this incredible franchise that should have Asian actors well, in it. Well, every time you see the <laughs> the trailer for The Wall with, you know, Matt Damon telling the Chinese oh, but, how to build a great yeah. wall, but, but see, like, give me a break. Well, in that case, it's a little different because it's a Chinese movie made for a primarily Chinese audience. And uh, they chose Matt Damon because they wanted him for a Chinese audience. Mm-hmm. We're actually like a sort of side market that, that we is care true. about. That is so true. So that's a different thing. And he's not playing a well, Chinese person. Well, he's playing an original character who's not Chinese. He, that is true. Uh, and and I hear you. And, uh, you know, there is a huge Chinese film market. and yeah, But yeah. by having a crossover like that, sure. it does make it uh, more viable in more than one market. So, sure. you know, I, I, I see that. I kind of get that a little bit more. You know, but it still looks stupid. It, it, it just looks look- like that key. Every movie where Keanu Reeves, even though Keanu Reeves is part Asian, where he is the white man. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's yeah. what Hollywood loves. Yeah. Like the yeah. white guy coming in and saving everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, we yeah, well, I, I, I think, but I think it's, one thing to have the white guy coming in and saving everybody, which is not my favorite trope, not at all. Uh, I called Avatar dances with Smurfs. Yeah, yeah well, um, but I will say that it's it's extra offensive when they're taking a pre-existing story right. yeah, yeah. that it's has just, people already in this day and time. Her. It just doesn't yeah. seem. Um, it doesn't make any sense. It, especially it, since it makes no cash. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, we don't know. You know what? In this day of time, in this day of time, so much is possible. And like I who said, knows? Sometimes, who knows? Sometimes we think that there's no more to come. Yeah. But, and, and there's, but there's more always, to come. There's always, there is always more to come. So tune in next week. <laughs>